Welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30am to 9am to help small businesses. If you've got any questions, please pop them in the comments box below or use the hashtag QBATE on Twitter. If you need any more advice and you haven't already done so, please join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, where accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. During the live session today, we will be running a poll, so please do engage with this, and at the end, I'll reveal the results. For those of you who haven't seen me before, my name is Judith Dugdale, and I'm a chartered accountant based in the northwest of England. I work for a large independent firm of accountants called MHA More and Smalley, and we service clients from across the Northwest, as far up as Cumbria and down across to Manchester and Liverpool. We also have an office down in Nottingham as well. We deal with all types of clients from your sole traders, self-employed and startup businesses through to large, large businesses and multinational companies. We offer services you would expect any uh, firm to offer from year-end accounts, audit, tax returns, all the way through to buying and selling businesses and offering strategic advice to our clients and a full tax review, both personally and business-wise and in covering inheritance tax as well. What I wanted to do today, just before I start taking any of the questions, is just run through some of the changes that the Chancellor announced in terms of support for small businesses and individuals to help us get through the next six months of this COVID challenge. I know Aaron did the same thing um, a few days ago on Ask the Experts, so apologies if some of this you've already heard, but I am conscious a lot of it is very new and really is important to small businesses out there. So I'll just do a quick summary for you all and then we'll jump into whatever questions you might have. So the first thing I wanted to touch on is the job support scheme. So this effectively is a replacement of the furlough scheme. It's not an extension and it is very different to the way that the furlough scheme works. And this will start from the 1st of November. Just in case you're not aware, you had missed it all in the news, the furlough scheme as it is at the moment will end on the 31st of October. So we've just got one month left of the current scheme. The job support scheme is there to help businesses who are back up and running, but can't quite offer the normal hours to their current um, employees. So the way it will work is if you can offer a minimum of 33% of an employee's normal hours, and by normal hours, I mean the hours that they worked pre-COVID. So not what they've been able to do since the 23rd of March, what they were doing pre-23rd of March. So as I was saying, if you can offer them 33% of their normal hours, what the government will do is put them in this job support scheme so that you as the employer will make up the other third, the government will make up another third, and the employee themselves will miss out on a third. So if they did do the, the minimum 33%, with the top up from you as the employer and the government, the employee is guaranteed to get 70% of their normal income. The more hours you give to an employee, the more percentage they end up getting. What is important to remember is that the government element is capped at £697.92 for a month. So when you're assessing which employees to offer them part-time hours to, please just take a look at their salary and how much it would be that you're expecting the government to fund, because they will only fund up to that 
cap of £697.92. For an employee to be um, eligible to go into the scheme, you must have had them employed and paid them before the 23rd of September. So that's last month. Anybody that you take on after that date or, or following that into October or November can't be eligible for the scheme. So that's just something else to just remember when you're deciding which employees to put on part-time hours. You also can't put any employees through this scheme if they've started a redundancy period. They are not eligible to be part of the scheme. Also, you must have made the payment to your employees before you can make the claim to HMRC. And finally, just please note that anybody that you do put through the scheme and you are paying, you will be, as the employer, liable for the employer's national insurance and the employer's pension contribution. The government will not pay towards those elements. So hopefully that makes sense on the job support scheme. Please feel free to ask any questions uh, today if you, if you want any further information on that. Um, I'm going to move forward to the VAT deferral scheme now. So anybody that is out there that's VAT registered, hopefully you will have been aware that any VAT that was due between March 2020 and June 2020 could be deferred and it was full due as payable on the 31st of March 2021. The government are aware that this date is fast approaching, less than six months now until we've got to pay that VAT due. And they are aware that um, it's possibly going to be very hard for businesses to find that in one lump sum and be able to um, keep their cash flow going for other purposes. So what they have said is that what you can do is you, when you get to the 31st of March, you can actually apply to pay this VAT deferral over three months, six months, 12 months, whatever period of time you think is more manageable. Please note that you do need to agree that with HMRC. And if you do so, it will be interest-free. Um, if you don't agree with them, they're going to start chasing you um, and you potentially run the risk of, of extra interest. So get in touch with HMRC, but you don't need to do that until March. The other VAT element that was announced last week is that the 5% VAT rate, which the government brought in for hospitality businesses, has now been extended to the end of March. Originally, that was going to stop at the end of January, but great news is for those hospitality businesses, a little bit more financial support for them. They will have that 5% rate extended till the end of March. I wanted to talk about bounce back loans briefly. Um, hopefully you all know about these. So these are the loans that the government brought out for small businesses. You can borrow up to 25% of your turnover, up to a maximum of £50,000. And the application form and the information you have to send off is really simple. So it was, it was brought in to help those businesses that really needed some cash um, injections, but were finding it hard to go through the more complex C-bills process, which is the coronavirus business interruption loan scheme. Initially, the plan was that the loans would be repaid over six years with a one-year payment holiday, fixed interest of 2.5% and no personal guarantees for the um, directors of a limited company. What they've now announced is that that six-year period can be extended to um, 10 years, which reduces the monthly payment massively and hopefully gives a, a big opportunity for businesses to get back on their feet. 
There is also the opportunity, if needed, to do interest-only payments or further payment holidays, and you would have to speak to your bank about those. So if you haven't done a bounce-back loan and you're now thinking, I possibly could do with a little bit of cash flow help, please go over to your current bank's online banking screen, and on there you will see an area about business bounce-back loans. Um, there is another scheme that they announced um, a few months ago now, and they touched on it last week, which is a kickstart scheme. And this is to try and get um, young people back into work. And the government are offering to fund six months placements where you take on a young person that has been unemployed. It's quite complex, and I'm not going to go into any great detail today because uh, it would take up the whole half an hour. Um, but if you need more information on this, if you go to the government website, which is www.gov.uk, you will find lots of information on there if you just search for the Kickstart scheme. And finally, before um, I get on to answering the questions, I just wanted to touch on the self-employed income support scheme. So this is for those people who are self-employed or sole traders and you will have hopefully know that there's been two grants already. There was one that you could apply for in May and there was another one that you could apply for in July, which was paid around August time. Because they tried to match whatever they're doing for employees with those that are self-employed, they've extended the self-employed income support scheme until the end of uh, March. And there'll be another grant that will be coming through um, for payment in November um, and then there'll be a further one three months after that. Unfortunately it's a lot less generous than the previous grants but this is in line with the generosity that's being passed on to employers for their employees. So what you will be able to claim is 20% of your average three months earnings and this is capped at £1,875. We're not quite sure what the amounts will be in the next grant, so the fourth grant. Um, I'm sure that will follow soon. And I just wanted to remind people, if you haven't already claimed for the grant that was um, came back out in July, August time, um, the claim closes on the 19th of October. So you've got 19 days to get that claim in if you haven't already done so. Good news is it doesn't matter if you claim before, you can still claim for the new one. The same eligibility applies as before, which is that you had to have submitted a 1920, um, sorry, an 1819 tax return. Um, so those of you who started later and will only be doing a 1920s, your first tax return, unfortunately, you still don't apply. Those eligibility criteria haven't changed. And the other big thing is that you have to be adversely affected by COVID-19. You can't be trading as normal and get this income support scheme as well. So what I'm going to do is start taking your questions now. As I said, please feel free to ask anything about what I've done there, but also general accountancy and bookkeeping questions. I'm happy to take anything. So the first question I have is Willa from Facebook Messenger. And Willa asks, hi, I have three employees and I will most likely use a job support scheme if possible. Do you know how best I track their hours? I haven't done that before COVID and it all sounds a little bit complicated to track. Well, Willa, the good news is if you're using QuickBooks Online, there is a facility within the programme um, where you can track employees' time. Um, you can make it more complicated by adding things like T-sheets in, but I would imagine for what you need to do, the QuickBooks Online um, 
area of employees would be more than enough. So to access that, um, you go into the employee section, which is one of the headings on the left-hand side of your screen when you're in QuickBooks Online. Go into there and you can add different employees in. And then there's a facility within the plus sign to add timesheets. And in there, you would work through um, and put through the amount of time that they were spending working or the amount of time that they were spending um, what we would have classed as furlough before, but now we're classed as not working. Um, and that should be plenty to track those hours that they've worked. It's really important with the job support scheme to have it planned out how many hours you're going to be expecting people to work. Um, it's not quite as um, flexible, I don't think, as some of the other flexible furlough things were. Um, from what I've read, it seems to be that you need to agree part-time hours for seven-day periods. Um, so that is something just to think about. Unfortunately, like with everything that has happened um, in the last six months, the government make announcements and we don't always get the detail um, that comes with it yet. So at the moment, I've seen something about um, that employees have to work the same hours for seven-day periods, um, but that may well change. But yes, track that time and track it through the employee section on um, QuickBooks Online. If you want to go really old school, you can track it on a spreadsheet. Um, I think as long as that is communicated with the employee and if HMRC ever come back to check it and you've got um, some correspondence between yourself and the employee about the hours they're working, I think that will be absolutely fine. Next question has come through from Alan on Twitter direct message. Alan asks, if I, as an employer, use the job support scheme, do you know if I would be able to claim the job retention bonus? Yes, Alan, my understanding is that you will be able to. Um, and this is on the basis that um, you are using the support scheme to retain jobs. Now, we don't have any detail about this yet. Um, obviously, the Chancellor announced that any employees that a company or a business keeps on post the end of furlough would be eligible for a £1,000 um, grant, if you like. Um, that's the information we've had at the moment. I do know that um, the bonus is paid irrelevant of when they were furloughed. So as long as they are back and they are working, I think from reading the limited information we've had about the job support scheme, that they would be eligible for the job retention bonus. My only caveat would be that they may well pro rata the amount of bonus, depending on whether those employees were full-time or part-time. Um, but at the moment, I can't um, give you any more information on that, but hopefully that gives you a bit of an indication. The next message is from Kate. Again, Twitter direct message. Twitter asks, uh, sorry, Kate asks, not Twitter, uh, will the changes to VAT in March mean we can pass these savings on to our customers? So I presume your hospitality, Kate, from this question, and I'm going to again assume that it's to do with the 5% drop. So the idea of the 5%, um, re the reduction to 5% VAT for all hospitality businesses was to um, either A, allow hospitality businesses to basically get a little bit of um, a bonus in terms of the amount of income they would keep on um, sales that they make, or that they could pass that savings on to their customers to entice more people into the business. So it's entirely up to yourself. Um, 
personally, um, I deal with quite a lot of hospitality businesses and the majority of them actually haven't passed on that um, drop of 15% in the VAT purely because all their prices are inclusive of VAT and they've all been printed um, in various different bits of stationery and menus and, and on the website and actually changing all those prices to reflect, reflect the lower VAT rate was going to cost them far more than probably the VAT they would have saved. So they actually kept the prices the same. And this has just meant there was slightly more money um, coming through per customer, which was there, therefore helping them pay the wages of their staff. Um, so you're at my, the short answer is, Kate, yes, you can pass these savings on to your customers. As an accountant, I would advise that you just check that any costs in passing on those savings, such as reprinting menus and changing websites, is actually going to outweigh um, the savings that would be made. Uh, the next question is from uh, Darius on Facebook Messenger. Darius says, good morning. I own a small restaurant and cash flow has not been as I projected for the last couple of months. With the new restrictions, I've already seen less people eating at my restaurant. Do you have any advice on how I can project cash flow in these uncertain times? Well, Darius, first of all, congratulations on still running your business and being out there in these very tough times, particularly for hospitality. As I mentioned just before, I have a lot of clients in the hospitality sector and I sympathise with you because I know how hard things are, particularly with these latest um, restrictions on table service. Um, it's made it quite hard for a lot of businesses to operate at anywhere near the normal capacity that they would do. I completely understand that cash flow forecasting is very hard for you at the moment. I guess um, if you've got an online booking system, um, you may be able to look at forthcoming bookings um, and project the income that possibly could come from there. So maybe look at the average spend per customer over the last, say, two months um, and then apply that average spend to the bookings that you already have. I would also maybe look, if you're an organized, a business that, um, as well as getting bookings, gets a lot of walk-ins, maybe look back over the last couple of months and if you've got the time um, and the ability to do so, maybe track what daily walk-ins versus bookings you had um, and see if there's a pattern. And if there is a pattern, you could then apply this to the next week and look at the bookings you've got, add in the walk-ins you expect multiply that by average spend and that might give you an idea of the cash that you could be expecting to take. I guess it's going to be a forecast that you're going to have to do every two or three days um, as opposed to being able to say I know what's going to happen next month. Hopefully as things settle down it may become a bit easier to forecast longer term as you may be able to see a pattern and see that minimum levels of spend or say £1,000 every two, three days, and you can project from there. But I'm afraid at the moment, Darius, it will be a question of looking at it almost on a daily basis and projecting a couple of days ahead. Uh, the next question is from Faith, and this is an Instagram direct message. Faith says, hello, do you know which category in QuickBooks I should record a refund to me? So, Faith, um, I'm guessing that you will be trading as a limited company. And if so, 
the, ref the refund is to you personally and not to your business. So the way that you should do that, when the income comes into QuickBooks, the account category you choose should go to your director's loan account. However, if it's actually just a refund to your business, then the refund should go to wherever the initial payment went to. So, for example, if it was an insurance payment that has now been refunded, when that um, receipt comes into the banking transaction screen, the account category you should choose is insurance. And the VAT on the refund will follow what the payment VAT status was in the first place. If you're a sole trader, it's the same sort of thing, other than if it's a refund to you personally, it would go against your director's drawings. Next message uh, that's come through is Mabel, and this is a Facebook Messenger message. She says, hey, Judith, I read on the government website that to be eligible, you have to show that you've been adversely impacted by the coronavirus. I am a freelancer and I don't get any jobs at the moment. Do you think this is reason enough? Um, Mabel, I would guess that, yes, that would be reasonable enough. Um, there is no real detail what classes as adversely impacted um, you would expect that they maybe would have defined that in a little bit more detail. So what we've been telling our clients is that adversely affected means you are no longer making the same level of sales that you were making pre-COVID. Now, it's quite hard to say um, that absolutely every drop off is directly affected by COVID. But to be fair, it probably is. Because even if you're not in an industry that has been affected immediately, it may be an industry that's been affected lessly. And therefore, the work that's coming out for freelancers will definitely be less because people will use their employees in-house first because they've got to pay their wages, particularly with the flexible furlough uh, coming to an end. They will go to freelancers secondly. So, yes, I think if your um, jobs have slowed down, or stop completely, then that is reason enough to make that grant. Uh, the next question is from April on Instagram, direct message. She says, good morning. Do you know how long the bounce back loan will be available for? And how do I know if I'm eligible? This is a great question, April. I'm glad you've um, asked this. So the um, applications are open until the 30th of November now. Um, to be eligible, you have to run a business. Um, it can't be um, just a hobby. It has to have a business banking account. Um, and you have to be trading at the moment. You have to be sure, um, or at least um, your expectation is that you will continue to trade for the forthcoming few months. Um, if you know you're going to run out of cash and even with a bounce back loan, you're not going to survive the next three to six months, then you shouldn't really apply for a bounce back loan. Um, the bounce back loans are there for people who have a viable business, but they just need a little bit of a cash injection to keep that business going. So ideally, you need to have some sales orders um, coming through. You need to be, if you're a retail business, you need to be open and having people coming through the door and spending with you. Um, that is the eligibility. Um, you also, there's a small eligibility thing about how you can't have been um, going through or considering liquidation um, pre-Christmas, but I'm pretty certain if you're going now, that's not something that would have been the case. So yeah, 
log on to your online, go to your, your bank that you're with now. And as long as it's one of the main high street banks, they are part of the bounce back loan scheme. And all of them have the big bits on their website all about it. You click on it. It's very, very simple. You need your bank account details. You need your turnover for last year. And you will put that information in and then it will calculate how much of a loan you can have. You say how much you want to take. There's a load of questions that you need to approve. So things like I am um, hoping to continue to trade. I'm not going through um, any liquidation process. I don't see an issue where I'm going to have to cease trading. Questions like that, you fill it all in and then you should get um, a response from your bank within hours to say whether it's been approved or not. And once you've got that approval, the money actually goes into your bank probably within 24 to 48 hours. I've seen it happen within 24 hours. The longest I've seen was three days. So yeah, April, head over to your bank uh, website and, and have a look on there and get an application to So um, the next question is um, Vinny from Facebook Messenger. Vinny says, do you think it's possible to start a new business in the current landscape? I'm hesitant because of the uncertainty right now. Anything I should think about when I make my decision. So, Vinny, I've actually had probably about 20 clients set up in the last six months, um, predominantly because they've actually been made redundant or they've decided that the industry that they're working in at the moment isn't going to be one where they're going to derive the income that they want. So, I've decided to leave their employment and set up by themselves. Um, there's lots of things to consider, whether you should trade as a, a sole trader, whether you should set up a limited company. Um, I guess the biggest thing for you to look at at the moment is what your skill sets are and um, what you would like to deliver as a service or sales um, and in what market. Have a look at the market research, um, see what else is out there, competitors. There's an awful lot of freelancers and consultants at the moment who are able to do the very similar job to what they were doing. Um, but obviously um, do it from themselves. So you just need to be um, aware that if you do set up your own business and you decide to do it as a sole trader, you need to register with HMRC within three months and you do that on the gov.uk website. And um, if you want to trade as a limited company, you need to set up a company at company's house. Um, I would advise you go and see an accountant. They will, they should offer you a free initial consultation where they'll be able to discuss this with you. Okay, so um, I'm afraid we're coming to the end of time at the moment. Um, so I just wanted to um, go back to those poll results. So thank you very much for everybody that did um, answer the poll. The question was, have you adapted your business model to reduce costs? So 50% of you said you had, and 50% of you said, no, you haven't. So actually, I'm really pleased to see that 50% of you have taken the opportunity to look at the costs that you've got at the moment and um, try and reduce them where you can. Um, for the 50% of you that said no, uh, it may well be that things you're in one of the sectors that's booming at the moment and you really don't need to worry about controlling your costs as much as somebody that's in a sector that's struggling. Um, but I imagine some of that 50%, you are probably seeing reduction in income. So it is really important to look at which, if any of the costs that you have, you can reduce. Obviously, if you've uh, got employees, you can look to use a job retention scheme. Um, 
job support scheme, sorry, as it's going to be called. Um, you can look at trying to see if there's any costs that you could reduce in terms of um, uh, well, you could have marketing spend, you could have um, internet costs and things, but you just need to be aware that you don't cut any costs that actually A, generate the income that you actually need or B, allow you to perform the, the services that you have to. So have a look at all those costs. There quite often is areas um, that you can reduce that you've just not necessarily looked at in the past. Um, I urge you to also, if you rent properties, um, is to approach a landlord and see if there's a case that you could have any rent holidays. And um, another way to try and get a little bit more income in if you can't control those costs is to just go to your local authority and see if they've got any um, grants out there. There were some uh, special grants set up for people that were struggling. So it's worth visiting your local authority page to see if those are still around at the moment. Um, thank you very much for all your questions today. If you do have any further questions, please get in touch with the QuickBooks support team on Facebook or you can contact me at More and Smalley and use the email address of digitalsolutions at moreandsmalley.co.uk. We've got lots of advice on business planning alongside all the latest coronavirus financial support on our website. And we have a special hub on there called Restart, Recover and Rise Above. And you can access that by going to our website, which is www.moreandsmalley.co.uk. Coming up on Axe the Expert tomorrow is Alex Stead, a photographer and entrepreneur who specialises in travel, lifestyle and adventure. Alex started his passion for photography 12 years ago and today has over a million followers on Instagram and producing content for world-known brands such as Nikon and Mercedes. I just um, got a reminder that if you need any more advice, please join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook where accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I will see you soon. Have a great day.